Hey guys, and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining your hosts, Tierra and Jack, for what is now episode number 23 of our Road to 2021 series. Before we get stuck into the episode, we just wanted to remind you guys that if you do enjoy these episodes, please remember to repost them onto your Instagram stories. Also, it would mean a lot to us if, if you are listening on iTunes, you could please leave us a review. And finally, if you aren't interested in our coaching services, you can head over to our website by searching The Bodybuilding Dietitians on Google, or you can find the link in any of our Instagram bios as well. And finally, just a reminder that we don't just coach comp prep competitors or physique competitors. We coach anyone with a health and fitness goal. Yes, we absolutely do. Cool. So I'll let Tierra get stuck into her week. It's a very exciting one, so I'll let her take the floor. Oh my gosh, wow. So the past week, it has been the very first week of the 2021 comp prep for me, which as always, you know, the days and the weeks, they just go by in a flash, right? So looking back, I'm pretty happy that I actually started out what I was expecting to be 22 weeks out. So now I'm presuming I'm around 21 weeks out. And Overall, it's been a pretty action-packed week, uh, and but it's been a successful one nonetheless. So in terms of body composition, you know, really happy with how everything has gone. You know, it's been pretty smooth sailing. Definitely haven't felt like I'm dieting, you know, and that's the thing. At, at the beginning of a diet, it really shouldn't be tough, right? It, it mm. should, should be pretty easy, right? Definitely a lot easier than those final few weeks of a comp prep. But, you know, starting on Monday, which was my very first day of prep. So that was on the 28th of September. And now we're recording this on Sunday. So it's been about a week now. But that first day, I weighed in at 68.1 kilograms. And throughout the week, my weight has actually steadily dropped to 66.7 kilograms. So a good 1.4 kilogram drop. So that is pretty significant, but also pretty expected, you know, for the first week, considering that I dropped my carbohydrates uh, from 425 grams down to 300 grams Mm. for five days of the week, right? Obviously lost some glycogen and some fluid there and dropped protein down a little bit, dropped fats down a little bit, From my original days, I was eating around, you know, 2,900, 3,000 calories per day. Now my lower days are sub 2,200 calories. So you would expect some pretty good weight loss with that large of a drop. But at the same time, I still did those five low days. So that was from, uh, I'm doing low days from Monday to Wednesday and then also on Saturday and Sunday. So that is at 300 grams of carbs, 150 grams of protein and 40 grams of fat. And then on Thursdays, I am taking two high carbohydrate days. So I'm just bringing my carbohydrates up to 375 grams of carbs. And even despite doing the high days this week, still continue to get lows in the days afterwards. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a really good week. Really, really happy. But obviously, I'm not expecting this amount of weight loss every single week. Otherwise, hey guys, I'm going to be ready in six weeks. How about that? Easiest prep in the world. But uh, definitely from here, I am looking at closer to a 0.5 to 1% loss of my body weight per week. So basing that off around right now, like let's say an average uh, 67 kilograms, right? That's going to be anywhere close to like 300 to 600 grams ish lost on average per week is what I'm aiming for in order to be ready by February. So yeah, tracking along pretty well. So 
body composition was good. Again, like food choices didn't change. Like the exact foods I was eating, really just the portion sizes, you know, just not blending bananas into everything, which wasn't too difficult to be honest. And uh, training went really, really well as well. Still hit a bunch of PBs this week, still felt super energetic. And at the beginning of the week, so I had a DEXA scan done on Tuesday morning, which was pretty exciting. I haven't had one of those done since like 2016 during one of our exercise phys classes at uh, uni. So that was exciting to do. And the results came out like, I don't know how much weight we should put on these results, Mm. but I think I standardized things, everything pretty well. You know, like I didn't drink or eat before I got it done at like 530 in the morning, but pretty much my results came out at that, um, on that machine, I was 68.5 kilograms, but it came out that I was 18.5% body fat, which sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, but then my lean mass, it was 53.5 kilograms. My fat mass was 12.6 kilograms and my bone mineral content was 2.3 kilograms. So pretty happy with that. Bone mineral density is in check. So in the normal range, really happy with that too. And uh, yeah, the main thing about getting that Dexter scan is it's just going to be really interesting to compare at the end of prep for me. So that's one of the main reasons that I got it, just to make that comparison, which should be um, pretty neat. Yeah, it'll be good to have that data. And I'm, I'm glad the Dexter worked out well for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it still worked well out for you, man. You came up at like 10 or 11% body fat. Yeah, which isn't very useful for me, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but still, like I... Because I was probably close to 18% as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a number. Who really freaking knows, right? Mm. Until we're a cadaver in, in a, some uni student's anatomy lab, we're never really going to know what our body fat is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was my Dexter scan results. Should be cool to compare those, what, probably like next May or June when we're finished this prep in quite a number of months. But hey, got those baseline numbers. And I guess the other thing that I got measured this week is I actually had some blood work done. So this prep compared to any other prep out of curiosity, I decided that it would probably be a good idea to have some blood tests done pre and post prep just to compare things, you know, just to make sure one that I'm all healthy and in check, you know, not deficient in anything. And also really just to compare my numbers, especially in particular hormones like testosterone, estrogen, see if those actually do significantly change pre and post prep, which is certainly interesting. So I had blood tests done on Monday morning, which I think was a good idea because I actually had a rest day on Sunday. And as we've spoken about in previous podcast episodes, you know, actually doing exercise and then having a blood test that can lead to some false positives. And, uh, you know, so obviously exercise, it can influence your blood test results to not be actually representative. So it's a good thing that I had a rest day the day prior and it was the very first day of prep. So literally pre-diet. Uh, but yeah, so had some blood tests done and pretty much I got the results back on Monday morning when the doctor called me and for the most part, absolutely everything is in check, you know, pretty much like everything is within normal range. The only thing that came back, which is actually a humongous surprise to me is my ferritin levels. So my ferritin levels, which is a marker of your iron status are actually significantly low. So it actually turns out that I'm actually iron deficient, which really actually comes as a huge shock to me. And if I'm totally honest, uh, 
it actually does make me feel a little bit, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but it does have me feeling a little bit ashamed, a little bit insecure. I, I don't know exactly how to describe it. And I don't want that to come across as anyone who else has had a blood test and it's come back that they're iron deficient, that they should be feeling embarrassed about that or ashamed or insecure in any way, because I'm, that's definitely not what I'm saying. But personally, like, I just feel like, oh, like I put so much pride into practicing what I preach, you know, and I do really, really hold myself to a high standard of being really healthy, right? And doing absolutely everything possible to take care of myself. So to find out that I'm actually iron deficient, like it, it hurts, you know, like it, it, it actually hurts my feelings in a sense, but, and it's a, it's a huge shock because the thing is, is that I give blood every single three months, right? I'm a regular blood donor. And every single time that you give blood, they always test your hemoglobin levels. And hemoglobin is a protein that's within your red blood cells. And as long as your hemoglobin levels for female are within like 120 to 160, that range, which mine always are, then you're eligible to give blood. And I always interpreted that, that if your hemoglobin levels are within that range, then your iron status is just fine, right? But it turns out that hemoglobin levels are not indicative of your iron status. So turns out that my iron status is significantly low. So like the range should be for ferritin, it should be between 25 to 290 micrograms per liter. Mine's actually below five and five is the lowest that they can actually measure, that, that they can actually measure. So I am significantly low. And again, this is just a huge shock to me because my doctor actually told me like, you know, you can actually consider an iron transfusion. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's pretty crazy guys, because I don't feel like I have any. You're saying that iron transfusion is not that big of a deal though. I know, like it's not an operation. I know it's not an operation, <laughs> but what I mean is just for me, I don't feel like I have any signs or symptoms of low iron status, you know? Usually if you have low iron, then you feel weak, you're getting headaches, you feel dizzy, right? Like you have shortness of breath. I don't have any of that, man. Like I'm energetic as, I feel so strong, I feel so healthy, but yeah, it turns out that I have uh, significantly low iron. And to be honest, it probably does come down to my diet. I will admit that I don't, eat red meat at all on a regular basis but i do eat like fish and seafood and eggs and lots of beans and lots of green leafy vegetables heaps of grains every single day is part of my daily diet and i genuinely thought that was actually enough given my blood test results every three months at the blood donor station right saying my hemoglobin levels were just fine so i always thought that i was getting enough iron from those foods but it turns out that i'm not yeah, it's well. I've had the we. You know that I've had the same issue as well in the past. Like I had a blood test and I was low, mm -hmm. and I think it it came down to my diet as well. My diet was probably very similar to yours at the time. What yours is now, lots of indirect sources of iron, but no no sources of red meat or yeah. very little, and especially combined with a high fiber intake, a lot of plant foods like tannins, oxalates, you can you consume tea multiple times a day, you consume coffee multiple times a day. Yeah. So in saying that for people like us who well I consume red meat now but you didn't don't consume a lot of red meat plus mm -hmm. you consume a lot of fiber on top of that and the other things that I mentioned 
the only way to know that you aren't iron deficient is to get a blood test. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And not just going to the blood donor center, right? Like actually testing directly for your iron status, testing for your ferritin levels, not just testing for your hemoglobin. And the, yeah, but the good news is that it is, it is easy to get up and it's not the end of the world. Yeah, definitely not. But yeah, it definitely has come as a shock to me because again, I don't have any of the symptoms of it really the only sign is literally that exact sign of the blood test result and you know the thing is i recognize like there's no reason why i actually need to be sharing my blood test results on this podcast right because it is a very personal thing and i certainly could just keep this to myself but the thing is i'm just choosing to because i want to be honest and i want to raise awareness about it because you know Iron deficiency, it is incredibly common, especially in female athletes, right? So yeah, I just, I wanted to let everyone know that even if you are trying to do the right thing and you think that your iron is up to scratch and you feel great and, you know, like I said, I'm still eating plenty of seafood and eggs and whole grains and beans and all of these different sources that still have iron in them. Clearly, it's just not enough given the amount of exercise that I do, given the recovery demands I put on my body, given the fact that I've just gone through a major growth phase in the last like seven months and put on 10 kilograms, right? Like my body clearly requires a lot of iron to function optimally. So I need to increase my intake, particularly through red meat, because that is just the best source of dietary iron that someone can get, you know, per quantity of volume. So yeah, that's just also something that I wanted to add in, but Pretty much my doctor said, you know, your iron status is so low, you could consider getting an iron transfusion. But because I honestly don't have any of any of the symptoms, what I've decided to do instead is I've decided to take an iron supplement and now I am consuming red meat every single day. So getting on the kangaroo, (laughs) but yeah, I'm starting to consume kangaroo every single day. And I'm also taking Farragrade C once per day, which is the most highly touted iron supplement, which has vitamin C in it as well to help the absorption of that. So pretty much recommendation now is to be having that iron supplement every single day, red meat every single day. I'm going to get another blood test in a month from now to test my iron status. And hopefully my ferritin levels are up again. And what I actually have is it's called hypoferritinemia. So pretty much hypoferritin That means I have low ferritin levels, but it means without anemia. So if someone, if someone says that they are, have iron deficiency anemia, right? That means that they are both iron deficient and anemia relates to the amount of red blood cells that you have. But because I'm iron deficient without being anemic, it means that I have enough red blood cells, right? My red blood cell count is just fine. There's just not enough iron within my red blood cells. So yeah, it's very interesting. You know, it again, it's just come as a huge shock to me, but I'm getting right on top of it, you know? And uh, I, with my diet... It's di- good to start prep with that diagnosis, not yeah. to oh, get gosh. it midway. Gosh, and it's, it's completely opened my eyes to guys like... You can feel super healthy, right? And you can be practicing all the things that you preach and you can be applying all of this education, right? But genuinely, you never know what's going on underneath the hood unless you actually open up the hood and take a really good look, okay? You can't just guess. So it's really, really changed my outlook on actually getting regular blood work done, even if you feel tip top, right? And no matter what your age, something might be up. So... 
gosh, I'm learning new things all the time, but uh, it's really opened my eyes to that. So staying on top of my blood work is definitely something that I'm going to be doing a lot more regularly, probably getting blood tests done at least every three months, you know, just in case something comes up. I think that's a really smart thing to do. And this has taught me a lot of lessons. And uh, the main thing is I'm just happy that I still feel really good. You know, I definitely do not feel like I'm iron deficient in any sense, but I'm glad that I'm taking those steps in order to boost my iron intake now. So Mm. yeah, that should be good. But yeah, that was probably the main thing for me this week. And hopefully that encourages anyone else who's also feeling tip top, but they haven't had a blood test in a really long time, you know, go get it checked out here in Australia under Medicare. It's totally free. It's totally free. But other than that, everything else was in range. Testosterone, estrogen, all that jazz. Vitamin D was through the roof. <laughs> he was like, wow, you have really high vitamin D status. I think vitamin D, like the minimum, it should be a, at least around 50. Mine was like 109, whatever they measured in. But I'm like, hell yeah, man. Love that sunshine. But other than that, you know, this <laughs> it's been a good week. Had a, uh, went down to the Gold Coast yesterday and had another posing lesson with my posing coach, Steph Calm. So that was awesome. God, just benefits so much every single time I pose with her. And I'll be posed now that prep has actually started, I'll be doing weekly sessions every single week with her rather than every single three weeks to really just nail my IFBB posing routine, really get my walk down and yeah, just really excited to improve in the posing department. Should be really good. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's been a pretty smooth sailing week. This next coming week, pretty much I don't need to make any changes to nutrition. Clearly the amount of food that I'm eating right now has me in a deficit. The only thing that I am going to slightly change is I am going to slightly up my protein intake from 150 to 160 grams because even though I know like I'm only around 67 kilograms ish right now, right? I know that even 150 grams per day is still more than sufficient. I really like protein, you know, and I just want a little bit more protein in my meals, especially considering even on my low days, I'm still You're eating. You're having the Kenga now. Yeah, I need, I need that iron, man. Give me more kangaroo. Uh, but even on my low days, like eating 300 grams of carbs, I'm still eating a lot of grains. So I'm still getting a lot of trace sources of protein. So I'm just going to up it to 160. I don't think that's going to do any harm. Again, a little bit more iron for me. So mm. yeah, that was... um pretty much my week but moving into this next week of prep again it should be just should be a good one hopefully see you know just more success in the weight loss department and uh another really solid week of training again i i feel like it's probably going to be a while until like i truly feel like i'm really dieting um this last week really has been a nice little honeymoon phase for me so yeah good week that's all i can really say and uh jack how has your past week been yeah, my week's been really good. Not not quite as eventful as yours. <laughs> you didn't have a bunch of tests, man. <laughs> but so t- this week was actually my first week post-deload. And overall, it was very good. I was quite conservative in terms of the number of sets, especially for lower body. So I kept those at like 14 sets per week for quads and 14 for hamstrings as well. Upper body stayed relatively the same. But yeah, just uh, starting at a decent baseline... Uh, by no more, by no means was it easy, but I'm ensuring to keep probably like uh, one to two reps in reserve for most exercises, mm-hmm. and and then progressing from here. And so I, I've got two more full weeks of at maintenance slash slight surplus 
before I head into my competition prep, which will be starting on the 19th of October. Awesome, man. So really not far away. It's really just two weeks away until you're in prep too. Yes, it's not far. And I, I had a discussion with my the person who will be helping me. You say his name, man. <laughs> I was going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's Alan, who many of you probably would have guessed already, who helped me with my last prep. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, obviously it's going to be quite a different relationship this time. More of like a friend, uh, someone to run ideas by as opposed to a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to that and not having to run everything by Tierra, which can get... Uh, obviously I will do anyway, but I think it's better if I have a something that someone needs to make a call on, then I'd rather Alan do it than Tierra. I'd much rather that too. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of our dear relationship in, in a comp prep. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so we went through quite a few details about like where I'll be starting at. And I made this neat little template thing where it's got my rate of loss. And I've I basically filled it all in. So um, like the first 10 weeks, I'll be doing a certain rate of loss. Then the rate of loss will drop as the weeks go up. Mm-hmm. And then I've it's kind of predicted my weight loss from my starting body weight, which will be around 89.5. So then I can like each week, I can look at my, the, my weekly average and say, okay, am I on track this week? Am I on track um, next week? And that'll allow me to... Because I know my approximate stage weight quite accurately, um, it'll allow me to to feel confident that I'm on track to for the first show. And what are you assuming your stage weight will be? Probably around 78. Mm-hmm. For me, last time it was quite interesting because my glutes, quads, and hammies were by far the most muscular and most dense part of my physique, mm-hmm. and because of that, my glutes came in before my upper body. So, and my upper body just didn't come in as much purely because I lacked density. So like, especially in my back. And so now I'm very confident that at 78, like the glutes are what is the pinnacle nowadays of Mm -hmm. conditioning. So a lot of people say if your glutes are in, then you're ready and obviously give or take. Yeah. People make a joke. Like it's just a glute contest sometimes. Mm. So, and I know that if I was 76 on stage last time, I remember reversing out of comp and still having glute striations at like 79 kilos. So I can say with confidence that like around probably 80 kilos, like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the the lower half was in, but I might have to dip down to maybe like 78 for the the upper half to come in. Yeah. What's that that people say you're only as lean as your fattest body part? (laughs) That's right. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) I think that's true, especially... It can depend on the body part. Like if your fattest body part is your lower back or your Mm -hmm. glutes, then that's quite unfortunate because all your quads, because those are some the major muscle groups. But if your fattest body parts, like your calves or your forearms or even your arms, like (laughs) we're excluding your head, your feet and your hands in this. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. I don't think those are judged. (laughs) And yeah, other than that, I'm very confident for the start of this. Uh, we'll be starting off quite aggressive to to lose a decent amount of weight in those first probably 10 weeks or so mm-hmm. and then hopefully cruise in um, and then probably even from show one or leading up to show one we'll reverse into that one as well and yeah something that I'll need to get stuck into is the classic physique posing 
because I've, I've, I'm fairly confident with my bodybuilding poses, like the individual poses. Uh, the transitions need some work and overall I'm, I'm confident in that. But yeah, just pulling off those nice classic poses, letting them look natural, then doing transitions between the classic poses, that'll be something that we need to get started on right away. Yeah, well, Alan's going to be such a great help in that because Alan is just a freaking phenomenal poser. So he's going to be the perfect coach for you. Mm, yeah, I can't wait. So we'll be doing check-ins every two weeks. And yeah, similar in a sense to the posing help that Tierra is getting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, so other than that, nutrition this week, I bumped up food slightly. So I'm at, I think, just over 4,000 calories now on 275 protein, 600 carb, and 70 fat on training days, and 50 carb less on rest days, and I'll, I'll probably keep that and just see where that takes me, and if my body weight stalls, I'll, I'll probably bump it up again slightly, but yeah, there's only two weeks, only so much can happen in two weeks, so. So what was your average body weight this week compared to last week? So this week it was... 88.86 and last week it was 88.34 okay cool so it's about a 500 gram increase yes yeah that's awesome so yeah i'm not trying to be any more aggressive than that mm-hmm. and that was kind of expected because i did quite a big jump up and remember you're back to training this week as well so you know you can expect a little bit of extra inflammation a bit of fluid retention there too so that would add to it a little bit yeah potentially yeah so yeah uh, overall i'm happy taking some photos taking some skin folds and yeah there's not much else to say just continue on with training make sure with the training aspect i don't uh, dig myself a hole of fatigue uh, so because i'll be starting prep on week four of my training then the first three weeks of prep will be uh, weeks four, five, six, and then I'll be deloading for that seventh week, mm-hmm. and then I'll be starting a new block uh, on on the fifth week of prep. Cool. And will you still be doing your training for this prep, or will Alan be helping you with training as well? Uh, basically, I'll be doing everything. But if I ever want to share something, or if I want to ask his advice, which I probably will for the major decisions, then I then I will. Mm-hmm. So because. Yeah, there's a big difference between coaching other people and coaching yourself, mm-hmm. especially depending on your personality type. And I'll always be more inclined to just push harder when I won't need to. Yeah, even when the numbers are right in front of you, you're like, nope, I'm dropping it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's just the reality of what it is. And I think even you, everyone's eyes become skewed and prep. Mm-hmm. So you always think you're not as lean as you are. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's not useful when you're kind of playing on a nice edge. Yeah. And even with you and I, right? Because like we see each other every single day. So again, just like how we kind of look at one another, it can kind of become a blur, can't it? Right? Like obviously like you always think each, you're always going to compliment each other. And if you see someone on a high carb day, pretty lean in the gym, you're be like, damn, you got a good pump or something like that. But 
it does become a little bit blurred. So that's why it's actually really good to have a coach, right? Who's not seeing you every single day in the flesh, right? Maybe once a week they're getting check-in photos kind of thing, or, you know, every fortnight, whatever. They usually say that the people who notice the biggest differences in your body composition are people like that you don't see on that regular of a basis. Like imagine when you go to the dentist every six months, they're going to be like, damn, you're looking good. Like you lost some weight or like, Hey, think, what you been eating? <laughs> How do you get so big? <laughs> you've been asked that heaps of times. Like, whoa, man, you've grown. <laughs> yeah, one I by my physio actually. Yeah. Um, for because I, I had a gap there of like a year mm-hmm. when I gained about ten kilos. So looking was, thick <laughs> with three C's. <laughs> I was gonna. I was saying though with the dentist thing, if you're going from the start to the end of a comp prep, they might say. Have you been sick or something like that? <laughs> no, I'm just a natural bodybuilder. <laughs> no, don't take that in the wrong way. <laughs> um, but yeah, should be should be good. But yeah, we'll definitely obviously give uh, more updates in the weeks to come because you've still got two weeks left of this improvement season before the games begin. Yeah, I think I'll leave it there. I won't go into any more depth now because then I won't have much to talk about in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything's smooth. The, with the training, all my niggles that were present have kind of disappeared, mm-hmm. which is nice. I think the I was quite aggressive, if you can call it aggressive, with my recovery. Mm-hmm. As in, I didn't really do much that deload week, and it, it paid off. Um, I'm going to be having a different deload approach in prep, which you guys will find out about. And yeah, think, and happy with everything, so can't complain. So just to finish off this episode, as we always do, Tierra will go first, just letting you guys know one thing that she wants to improve this week. Wait a second. I just realized something. I'm not technically in my improvement season anymore. I'm in comp prep. You're still in your improvement season. But will we keep doing this, what we want to improve every single week? Because technically it's not the improvement season podcast anymore. Yeah, well, I would rather improve something than lose something or do something worse. So yes, okay. It's all about that mindset, you know. And again, even though you're in comp prep, you're still improving. So, okay, cool. I like that. But I think mine's probably pretty obvious. This week, I want to improve my iron status. So let's get those ferritin levels up, baby. Uh, that's pretty much my main goal and my top priority. And the thing is with, I've had to like tinker around with my diet and my food intake and things like that because... We know with iron supplements, they generally are best absorbed on an empty stomach. Uh, but the, And like different things will majorly interfere with them, like calcium intake, right? Like teas and tannins and stuff. So I've had to do some tinkering around, around with like my meal timing and when I will drink a tea and when, when I'll eat some yogurt and when I'll take this iron supplement. But pretty much what I'm going to do is, because I have a coffee first thing in the morning, so I can't take it first thing in the morning. Then I have some breakfast around 7 to 7.30. So what I'm going to do is probably take this iron supplement around 10 a.m. And then I don't eat lunch again until around 11.30. So that should be a good hour and a half to have that iron supplement. And then at nighttime, I'm going to be having my kangaroo, which should be good. Because I didn't want to take the iron supplement and the kangaroo all at once. I think that would be just way too much iron. What do you think? I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. I I, would, I don't think it would matter, though. Yeah, of course it matters. Like, I'm trying to maximize the absorption, bruh. Hmm, maybe. 
yeah okay <laughs> maybe <laughs> but yeah that's just what i'm i'm because i still need to get calcium and yogurt in so and i can't have that at dinner any anyway yeah i've just had to tinker around also because the iron supplement actually has 500 milligrams of vitamin c and there is some literature out there to show that if you are consuming very high dose antioxidants like 500 milligrams of vitamin c that can potentially negatively interfere with muscular adaptations in the long term so I would take it at like at the end of near the end of the day, perhaps like near the end of my workout. So like again, three to four hours after I have eaten my yogurt at lunch to clear all that calcium out of there. But then again, I don't want to negatively impact uh, my muscular adaptations with that high dose of vitamin C. So man, so many things to think about when you're thinking about all this dietitian chemistry stuff and getting your iron levels up and stuff. But I think best bet, 10 a.m. Taking my iron sups, bruh. Uh, okay, that's why I want to improve. Let's get the levels up. Yep. Awesome. Jack, what do you want to improve this week? So nothing too novel for me as per usual. Um, basically, I just want to ensure that stay at maintenance and will go up very slightly, maybe by one to 200 grams. Try and maximize the amount of food I can eat and improve my training, not to the extent where my fatigue accumulates too much for just my second week back and yeah set myself up for a good starting position epic all right let's do it okay guys so that was the end of our 23rd podcast episode for this road to 2021 series if you enjoyed it please remember to take a screenshot post it to your instagram stories tag jack tag myself tag the bodybuilding dietitians and we'll catch you next week see you guys